This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris Highfield, lead pastor here at Grace River Church, and I want to say thank you so much for watching online at home today. We right now are in the middle of a series called Generations, and we're talking really about how our church is going to impact and is impacting uh, not only this generation, but generations to come. And one of the things I'm the most excited about is the impact that our student ministry is making here at Grace River Church. Uh, it's amazing to see what God's up to. Jacob Matthews, our student pastor, uh, is killing it with his team and some great things are happening. Uh, and one of the stories I want to feature really is the story of Kenzie. Uh, Kenzie, a young lady that started coming to our church. She was invited by a friend and her life has been drastically changed as a result of the gospel. I want you to hear Kenzie's story. Hi, my name is Kenzie. This is how Jesus changed my life. I grew up Christian. Um, I went to church my, my whole life, but it's never really like meant anything to me. Like I felt like I had like no friends, like nobody was there for me because nobody like understood me. All my friends drew me away from God instead of instead of pulling me closer to God. So it was like I didn't have any good relationships. So when I became friends with Satchel and she introduced me to the church, as soon as I walked in through those doors, I immediately like felt happy. Like it was so weird. Like I felt so happy. Middle school has always been a struggle for me. So that's when I really lost my faith. Went through a lot of things with like depression, things where I would just sit in my room and I wouldn't come downstairs because I just wanted to be alone, just wanted to stay in my bed, like I wouldn't move. I felt like I didn't have any friends, nobody to talk to because anytime that I would talk to somebody, they were like, you're just doing it for attention. And obviously it wasn't like I was reaching out for help and nobody would help me. So that's why this church and like my friends have really helped. The Andersons invited me to church a year ago to youth and Ever since that, I've been coming like every time that I can. And then they brought up camp. And as soon as they said camp, I was like, I really want to go to that. So I talked to my mom and mom was like, oh yeah, you can go. On the first day, I said yes to Jesus. And it was this big moment in my life. I could actually feel, like I could feel him. Like it was just so amazing. I was so happy. And I knew that it finally meant something for me. And throughout the week, I mean, like worshiping, it just meant so much to me. Like I would sit there and cry just because I could just realize that he actually loves me and that he's always been there for me and I just haven't realized it. Dude, I love stories like Kenzie's. And for me, I'm never gonna get over sharing stories like that. And so, uh, man, I just, I celebrate that today. In fact, Commitment Sunday for our Generations Initiative is Sunday, December 3rd, that's next Sunday. And so I wanna encourage you, if you call Grace River Church your home, I want to encourage you to make sure you fill out your commitment card. Uh, you can do that online as well at graceriver.cc forward slash generations. And man, it's important that you be praying now about what your commitment could be uh, to help us with this initiative. And so what's exciting about the initiative is we're going to be able to expand our auditorium by adding 100 new seats. We're going to be able to expand our parking lot with over 100 new parking spots. And we're going to be able to double our square footage in kids ministry space. And so this is so generations of boys and girls, men and women, can meet, know, and follow Jesus. The fact is, I don't need a bigger room to preach in. Uh, the fact is, uh, we don't need more asphalt in a parking lot. What I want is a space where people can meet, know, and follow Jesus. And what's exciting about our church is we're actually running out of space. So I say this a lot. We want to live on the solution side of every problem. So we got a problem. We're running out of auditorium space. We're running out of kids space. We're running out of parking space. We can alleviate all of this problem with this initiative. And what's really exciting is we're over two thirds 
on our way towards our goal. So we've raised actually 75% of $1.2 million, which is super exciting. And now we're right here at the tail end of this. And my hope is you can help, uh, help push us over the finish line by your giving, uh, by you being a generous person. And so, man, identify really on the commitment card, man, what is it that you could do? And my hope is, is that you would decide to live by faith, trusting God for, for more than what you would normally be comfortable with. But you would say, God, I'm going to trust you. And uh, we've been talking about this a lot at Grace River, but the reality is there's four reasons why people don't want to give back to God, right? The first reason is they would say, I lack. Like, I don't have, I would give, but I don't have enough money to give. Or uh, maybe you would just say, I love money more than I love God. And maybe you wouldn't say that out loud, but you just love the things that money is going to buy you. Uh, more than you love God. Uh, maybe you would say, I trust money more than I trust God. So you would say, man, I would give back to God uh, or I would give to an initiative like this uh, so more people can meet, know, and follow Jesus. But what happens if the economy bottoms out? What happens if one of my kids gets sick? What happens if I lose my job? Uh, you would just simply say, I trust money more than I trust God. And then also, I believe, I think a lot of people end up in this bucket right here. I believe that it all belongs to me. And that's my struggle, to be honest with you. I'm not a naturally generous person. It's one of the struggles that I have is being willing to say, okay, God, it all belongs to you. And what's incredible about the story I'm going to share with you today in this sermon in Mark chapter 12, it's the story of a widow woman that literally has two coins and she's willing to give it all back to Jesus. Uh, and the joy that is found as a result of that. Let's look at this in Mark chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 41. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. So the setting is this. Jesus is in the temple uh, and uh, the, the worship service has concluded. And he sits by the, the box where they drop their offerings in. And so giving back to God is not a new concept. That's really important to understand. Uh, throughout history and throughout biblical history, people gave back to God. So this isn't just some scheme for churches uh, in the 21st century. This is actually uh, culturally relevant to biblical times. And it's a biblical principle. The idea of giving back to God is a biblical principle that, that starts in the Old Testament. And so, uh, so Jesus is sitting there as people are dropping in uh, their money. Now, many rich people put in large amounts. And you can imagine they're trying to impress Jesus, right? So they come maybe with their duffel bag full of money. I don't know, right? But, but rich people come by uh, this drop box and they're dropping uh, large amounts of money uh, in. And then a poor widow came and she dropped in two small coins. I mean, you could almost hear it in the room. I mean, she, this is all she has and she just drops in these two small coins. Then in verse 43, this is the Jesus math that I think is super interesting about the story. Jesus called his disciples to him. So he, he like, he, you know, on the DVR, he presses pause, right? On this live stream, he's like, okay, wait, wait, guys, wait a second. He calls his disciples over and says, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. And they're thinking, what? I mean, they had watched other people drop in large sums of money. And then Jesus says, wait a second. He's impressed by this woman's faith. And he says, she's given more than anybody else. And he explains here in verse 44, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus. I used to think that in order to be generous, you had to be wealthy. And what I found out by reading this story is I realized it's not about your wealth. It's about your heart. 
Generosity starts with my heart. So for they gave a tiny part of the surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything that she had to live on. Jesus knew that she was down to these last two coins. And she looks at the coins and looks at him and says, you are worth it. And that impresses Jesus like he's, he's blown away by this. And I think in our own lives, man, what could we do that would ever make Jesus stop in his tracks and go, look at what this woman just did? So I think there's some there's three quick observations I want to make uh, that I think connect us to those four reasons that we don't give. That earlier piece of the talk that we talked about right, right out of the gate, really a couple reasons, three, that we that we can learn from this woman. First of all, her act of obedience helps guide us through our objections. Like, I mean, ultimately, she's just being obedient. And in this moment, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, how in the world does she do this? How is it possible that she would stop and go, I'm going to give it all back to God? I mean, it's amazing to me to think about what we lack and we often think the reason why I can't give is because I lack in something. I don't have enough of something. And if I gave, then, then I wouldn't have enough at the end of the month or I wouldn't have enough at the end of the year. And this woman says, no, I, I can't afford not to give all of me back to the one who gave himself to me. So she does all of this out of an act of obedience. And I think that helps us, helps me at least with my own objections. You know, the, the, average, the average worldwide income is pretty staggering to think about. The average worldwide income is $9,733. If you take the nearly 8 billion people that live on planet Earth and broke all of their salary incomes down, you would come up with that number, $9,733. Now, I have a feeling... Most of us listening to this right now make more than that. Like most, most all of us could say, okay, I'm above the worldwide average, right? And I know that life is cruel and things are difficult. I mean, maybe, maybe you're going through a job loss. Maybe you're in a difficult season, a transition. Maybe you've got some health problem. Maybe you're in some gigantic transition as a result of something that somebody else did, not something that you did. And I, I hear all of that. And we, we have plenty of reasons why we lack. Plenty of reasons that we could give objections to God and say, God, I would do this, but here's my current circumstance. And man, I really believe this story is in the Bible because God knew that we would need an example of someone who had nothing but essentially just said, all I have belongs to you. It's all yours. Her act of obedience helps guide us through our objections. Second of all, she shows us what to do when we struggle with loving money. I mean, she just blatantly shows us what we ought to do. And, and I think this is really incredible. Mark chapter 12, verse 43 in the story. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. She simply says, hey, I may not have the equal gift, but I have equal sacrifice. Ultimately, that's the lesson that Jesus wants us to learn. It's not about the amount. It's about what's going on in your heart. And the reason why I think this is so important is not so we make budget as a church and not so that we get to some goal uh, so we can expand our current property. That's not what this is about. This is about us becoming the kinds of people that God wants us to be and pushing back against what culture has to say. You know, you may, you may think this, man. 
I don't have much, so I can't give. And here's the thing. This woman is a great example because she, she had two coins and she pushes it all in and says, hey, I'm giving it all back to God. That's why I say this, man. It's not about equal gifts. If we're doing, if we're doing economics that day in the back of the temple when people are giving, clearly she didn't give the highest dollar amount. But her sacrifice was a big deal because she's, she gave all of what she had. Not, she didn't tip. It wasn't out of an, out of an abundance that she had. It's just she just simply gave, she gave it all. And honestly, simple economics helps us to understand no financial advisor would ever tell you to give all that you have back to God. But she looks at it and says, I can't afford not to. You know, if we were counseling her, we'd say, Take your two coins and go down to the store and buy some flour and then, and then bake some muffins and then sell those muffins and then go buy more flour and then make more muffins and sell those muffins and until you ultimately have your own corner store and you're off your, you know, you're, you're able to, to, to make a living for yourself. Maybe that's what we would tell her to do. But she looks at what she has and looks at Jesus and says, I can't not do that. Now, this is the opposite of what culture teaches. Culture says, man, the bigger your pile, the happier you will be. And the smaller your pile, the less happy. That's what culture has to say to us. But Jesus pushes up against culture and he preaches really this concept of an upside down kingdom uh, in in Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter six, and Matthew chapter seven. And in Matthew chapter six, he's preaching what's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And and when he he preaches the sermon, he says, you can't serve two masters for you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and be enslaved to what? Money. And the problem is not money. The problem is being enslaved to money. Is that You think that you own all of this stuff, but the harsh reality is most of the stuff that you own that you're obsessed with, it actually owns you. That's the problem with being enslaved to money. And man, when you loosen the grip on your things and begin to realize that, man, I am the owner of nothing but the manager of everything, it changes you. In fact, a few verses earlier in Matthew 6, verse 21, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there, there the desires of your heart will be also. And so, man, is there anything that we could point to in your checking account over the last 30 days that would prove that you love God. If not, something needs to change. The third thing that she teaches us is that she shows us to trust God more than money. I mean, she just goes all in. Mark chapter 12, verse 44. They gave out a tiny part of their surplus, the, the wealthy people. Poor as she is though, Jesus says, She has given everything she has to live on. Again, this goes countercultural to what we would ever advise her to do, but she does it anyways. And Jesus uses this story to help us to understand what God wants is not your money. He wants your heart. But what I think was really interesting is, is that there is a direct correlation between our treasure, what we find treasure in, and where our heart is at. So I want you to consider some next steps uh, this morning as we wrap our time up. And the first one is, is that when you decide, I'm just going to be obedient. Like I'm making a choice to say, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to be obedient and just do what he's asked me to do. My prayer for you during this sermon series is not that you give a certain dollar amount. My prayer for you instead has been that you would 
become the kind of people that God wants you to be, and that we would be courageous and do what God has asked us to do. You know, it's really not all that crazy taking steps of faith. It's just being obedient. And man, I wonder today, are you willing to be obedient? You know, you may want some new things in 2024. You may want to turn a new leaf over in your life. You may have some goals to set. You may have some things that you have in mind to do. But I'm going to tell you something about how God works. God's not going to give you more to be disobedient with. So maybe today is a, is a harsh reality for you to go, man, I got to be obedient in these simple areas in my life. And it's just trusting God with my finances. We say this a lot. We give first, we save second, we live on the rest. And maybe that's a principle that you need to build into your life today is that you would decide, I'm going to give first because giving first shows where my priority is, right? And uh, it, it shows that like I'm, I'm in it. Like Jesus is number one. If I give first, it proves that he is, he is number one. So we give first, we save second. That builds wealth. When I, when I actually put away money, that builds wealth. And the third thing uh, that I do is I live on the rest, which actually builds contentment in my life. And all of a sudden, I don't need to have what everybody else has. I can just simply be obedient to what God's asked me to do. The second thing is when you decide, I'm going to evaluate my own heart. Like, even as I talk about this, some of you, uh, well, the fact is, some of you didn't make it to the finish line on this sermon. Like you, you, you stopped watching a long time ago, right? But like, if you're still listening to this, I, I want to encourage you, would you decide to pray about it and really evaluate your heart and go, okay, why am I so against this? When money gets brought up in church, why, why do I get so angry about it? Or why do I get so dismissive about it? And I, I want to believe because it's an area that you struggle with. And if there was an area in your life that you struggled with, my, my hope is not to bully you but to encourage you and to help you. And I, I truly want something from you for, or for you, not something from you. Like I really want you to understand that, man, God has a great thing for you. The reason I want something for you, not something from you, and I, I want to prove it by saying this is you don't have to give at Grace River Church. Just start giving somewhere. Like make a decision to say, man, I'm, I'm just going to start giving. And it can be at a different church. It can be your old church that you used to go to uh, or a uh, uh, some church that you really believe in. That's my encouragement to you is just start giving somewhere and see what God will do. Again, I want nothing from you, nothing. I, I do want something for you though. I want you to experience the freedom that happens in your life when you let go of your stuff. And when you realize it's not about how big my pile can get. In fact, the most satisfied people in my life are the people with a small pile that say, man, God has my heart. The second thing is I'm just gonna make God my priority. Right, And I said it earlier, but man, we, we give first, we save second, we live on the rest. Man, when I make God a priority, I say, I'm giving it all back to him. I love the story of this woman because she looks at her two coins and she looks at Jesus and she says, he's number one. Like, I can't help but to give back to him. It wasn't about a church. It wasn't about an expansion project. It was about her heart. And What's amazing is, is that God had her heart and that impressed Jesus. I just wonder what we'll ever do in our entire lives that would impress Jesus. And it's this moment where we go, okay, I'm trusting you, not just with a little bit, but with all of me. So I'm going to pray for you right now that you would have the courage to take the next step uh, and to trust God with more in your life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for who you are and what you're up to in our lives. And God, I pray, pray for our 
our friends that are listening today. God, I pray that every one of us would simply put our trust, our hope, and our faith in you. God, not in little pieces of green paper with dead presidents on them, but God, that we would put our trust in you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.